Green lights. The flaming hot spicy mustards. And the blue barbarians. All right. You guys are doing awesome. Team competition is at an all-time high right now. Like, it's so thick in here, like you got it with a knife. Don't miss next week. It just gets better. Uh, so tonight, I'm going to share a couple things with you guys, and, and I want to talk to you guys for uh, a few moments. Uh, and I want to share you a couple with you a couple things uh, from my life. And from me and me growing up and, and who I am, who I was. Um, and, and I grew up in an awesome Christian family. My dad was a pastor. My parents uh, pastored a church. We would, do, we would take our summers when I, ever since I could remember until probably I was about 7th, 8th grade, something like that. And we would travel almost every summer and, and we, would do, we would teach kids camps. And, and all over the country, we, I've been coast to coast, I've been top to bottom, and, and we did this for many, many summers. We did puppets, we did skits, we did um, sermons, and all kinds of awesome stuff. That, that's kind of one of the reasons I love camp so much, is because I grew up going to camps and being at camp so much. It's just, it's affected my life so much, and I, and I love it. But I grew up in an awesome Christian family, and I had great parents, and I had great people in my life. And, um, and, and I, I grew up in church. I was at church all the time. Um, if the doors were open at church, I was there. Like if there was a prayer meeting, I was there. If it was a revival, like every night of the week, I was there. Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, every single opportunity that there was, I was at church. But the problem was in my life that I got used to God. I got so comfortable with God, and, 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 and I got so comfortable with who I was in my relationship with God. I knew the right things to say. <clears throat> I knew the right things to do, even though I didn't take it seriously at one point in my life. And we're, we're continuing our, our series. We kicked it off last week. It's called Fake News. And if you guys know what fake, if you've been a part of the media any for or watched anything online, you've probably heard that term, fake news. Who's heard that term? Yeah, you've par- probably heard that thrown around. And, and fake news is basically something, news that's not real, or a story that's not real, or something that's not true. And so that's what we're talking about. And I want to encourage you guys to take notes. I want to encourage you guys to write some things down. And because who knows what God could speak to your heart tonight. And I just want to take a few moments and just challenge you guys tonight. So, um... But here's the deal about me and who I was. I was fake. I was fake. I was putting on a front. I wasn't a, a real Christian. I wasn't a real believer. I, I, I did all the right things and I said the right things and I acted the right ways. But I was putting out some fake news in my life. But something happened to me one day. I realized that I was fake. I realized what I was doing and, and, and I... Uh, Well, obviously, I knew what I was doing the whole time, and I knew I was putting on a front, and I knew I was being fake the whole time. But one day, I just it just snapped with me. It just connected with me. It just clicked with me that I can't go on living this way. God spoke to my heart. He spoke to my life, and I and 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 I just could not continue 
living this fake life. So tonight, I want to challenge you guys. And kind of in the, in the way that, that I was challenged to live a life that's real and not be fake. Coming from a, a person who, who was fake for so long. I want you to understand a few things tonight and, and, and maybe already even tonight as I started sharing even from the beginning of the message tonight, something clicked with you, someone you're already, you're already resonating with something that's going on tonight. Maybe you're, you're feeling that, that way. Um, some of you real, figured out real quick if this is you or not. Well, I want to talk about it tonight. If you got your Bible, we're going to go to the book of Second Timothy 3. We're going to start in verse 1, but before we jump in, does anybody know fake people? Anybody know fake people? It's easy to spot fake people. Like, if, if you're sitting next to one, go ahead and point to them. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. But here's the deal. Listen, don't, you, I'm calling you out, man. You are so fake. But... Um, but the Bible, I want you guys to hear this. I'm going to read this here in a moment. But the Bible is really clear of one thing that's really prevalent in our world as our world gets further and further and further along. And the Bible, it talks about fake people. And I want to show it to you. If you got your Bible, we're at 2 Timothy 3. We're going to start in verse 1. It's going to be on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible tonight. But it says this. And, and here's the deal. These, these words... Are, they're so true today. It says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. I, I think that's true today. People will be lovers of money. I think that's very true. People will be proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, Without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Hello, Friday night, right? Like having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. The Bible says this, avoid people like this. Avoid such people. Don't be around people like this. See, Paul says this, in, in, in the, the end days, there will be a lot of people who appear godly. There will be a lot of people who go to church. There will be a lot of people who go to youth group, who go to church, who go to FCA, who go to Club 121, who, who may mention godly things and who may act godly ways sometimes. But, and they've got this appearance of godliness. I had the coolest shirt when I was in middle school. I almost get, get kicked out of school for it. On the front, it said, heaven, yes. On the back, it said, hell, no. <laughs> that was a Christian t-shirt. I, I almost got in big. But anyways, there's people like this. They'll wear the t-shirts. They'll listen to the music. They'll say the right things. They'll do the right things. But they will, they will deny God's power. The Bible says, avoid these kind of people. And here's, here's what's going on. I recognize this in my life. And, and maybe you guys recognize this in, in your school or people around you. I remember showing up to, to FCA when I wasn't living right myself. And I show up and I'm like, these people are Christians. No way. No. But, but here's the deal. There's nothing wrong because 
those people need, they're in a place where they can hopefully hear about and receive Jesus. But I was in a place too, where I was like, I was showing up to things. I was going to church. I was doing things, but my life looked nothing like a Christian. I knew all the right things to say. I played the Christian game. I I had regret. I felt like I, I just, I was just doing this to please my parents, to please people, my grandparents, I went to the same church they went to, and my grandma was so mean. Um, but, and she would just, like, I'd be not paying attention in, in church, and she would just give me that eye. You guys, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your mom or your, your dad or your grandparents do this to you. You're, you're messing around in church, and you look around, and your mom's, like, staring right at you. And like, oh, Jesus, help me right now. I am going to die after church today. Like, you know what I'm talking about. And so anyways, I, I knew... The way that I needed to be living. I knew it. I knew what I should be doing. I knew the way I needed to be living. I had the appearance of godliness. But I didn't live like it at all. That wasn't me at all. So tonight, I've got four chairs up here. And I've got, uh, just wanted to represent something tonight. I'm going to give each one of a number. This is chair one. This is two. This is three. And this is, this is. Okay, so we got it. So I I want, and I think each one of these chairs tonight could describe each one of us perfectly here. And, and, And I want you all, by the end of the night, to be in chair, not chair. That's the one I want you in. But, so that this is where I want you guys tonight. And I want you to be all in, not like all, like sitting on top of each other, like not all literally in chair one tonight. But here's the deal. Chair one is going to represent a real Christian, someone who's not fake, someone who lives it in their life and, and someone who, who loves the Lord, someone who loves God, like really loves the Lord. This person, it's not perfect because it's impossible for us to be perfect, but they really do love the Lord. The way the Bible would describe this person is they would, they would, it says they would know them by their fruit and and not like, like you're an orange and you're grapes. And you know, it's not saying that it's saying they will know you by what you produce, by what you put out, by, by how people perceive you. Um, I'll, I'll explain it like this. If you were to look at, at their life, people in chair one, their life would demand an explanation. If you were to walk with them the next seven days, chair one kind of people in their life, their life would de- demand an explanation. Um, not just what people see, but also what people don't see, what goes on behind the scenes. You would need a reason to describe the way they live, the way they talk, the way they act, uh, the way they serve. It would be so different, chair one people, than the normal, than everyone else around them. They live their lives in a way that demands an explanation. As yourself, like I say I'm a Christian, but does the way I live my life demand an explanation? The Bible says that this person in the book of John, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. You, you don't obey Jesus just out of duty. You obey Jesus because you love him. It's not just, 
I've got to do this because I'm going to get in trouble. You're like, I've got to do this because I love Jesus. Not because I'm going to get in trouble or not because someone's going to get mad at me. The reality is, is if you look at most people who say they're a Christian, their lives don't demand an explanation. This is what the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.12. It says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We, I don't like to hear that one. That one's not good. That one's no fun. That one's not exciting about Christian living. See, what it's saying is this person in chair one is going to suffer persecution. There's going to be some things that come against you. There's different kinds of persecution. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago, but uh, uh, when ISIS was really um, all over the media and like they were taking Christians like to the ocean. And I don't know if this is too much, but like they would cut their heads off. And and it was brutal, and, and they were being persecuted for being Christians. Fortunately, we live in somewhat, somewhat, still somewhat of a Christian nation. But there's people in other places that are dying, literally dying for the cause of Christ. And we think we've got it bad. Now, that, that's not the persecution, kind of persecution that you face in your middle school, your high school. But here's the deal. A real Christian might get made fun of. A real Christian might get picked on. Um, maybe, maybe because, for, for different reasons, maybe because you date differently. Maybe because you speak differently. Maybe because you act differently. You don't go along with those jokes. You don't make fun of people like everyone else does. They don't, they don't laugh at the bad jokes. They don't gossip or they don't even help spread the gossip. They're a lot, what a lot of people would call a, a radical Christian. Has anyone ever heard of that term? See, the term radical Christian, it's not, it's not in the Bible. But that Christ, phrase, it came from... and, and um, it came, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I want to focus on chair two for a moment. Um, chair two is also someone who's a Christian, who's also someone who's a believer, a follower of Jesus. I would say that 80 to 90% of people in this room might possibly be in chair two. Possibly. Or, or maybe even chair three tonight. But this person in chair two, if they were to die tonight, um, that they would most likely go to heaven, and obviously that's that's between you and God. But maybe they're doing some things right. They're living they're living some right ways. They're doing some right things. But what's happened in chair two, people? They've gotten used to God, like I was. They've gotten so used to God. You just show up. You go through the motions. I ask church time again. Here we go. Let's do this. And, and we we I, this is my song. Yeah. And like, you know, we just go through the motions. Um, and people in chair two, maybe um, emerge and church has just become an option. You, you may not fully be here. They may be uh, during the service on, on their phones, on Twitter, on Snapchat, um, laughing and goofing around the whole time, not paying attention. But with chair two, there was another point in their lives when they love Jesus more than they do right now. 
Maybe it was last summer after, maybe it was last, last winter after winter retreat, maybe this past summer after our missions trips or after camps. Um, maybe, maybe it was before the boyfriend or the girlfriend. But chair two people are, are the people who describe chair one people as radical. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm not like, I'm not like them. Like they're kind of weird. Like they do, they take it too far. And the reason that chair two people make fun of chair one people, because chair one people make them feel bad about giving in to their sins. Just because of the way they act, just because of the way, not like intentionally make them feel bad, but they watch chair one's people's life, chair one people, and they feel bad for who they are. So they make fun of chair one. Makes them feel better about being in chair two. Hey, hey, chair one, you don't have to act like that all the time. You don't have to do that all the time. It's fine to go to the party. It's not that big of a deal to smoke a bit. It's not that big of a deal to hook up a little bit. You're only, one, you're only young once, chair one. And this is the kind of person in chair two. See, the book of Revelation would say this, that they have forgotten their first love, Jesus. And now they're lukewarm. See, let me tell you this. I, I, I've lived a long time being a chair two person. I've lived a long time. I had a form of godliness, like the Bible would say. I talked about it. I believed in it. I, I believed in Jesus. But I had, too, I had too many sins in my life that I wasn't willing to give up. I thought I could manage them. And I want you to know this. You got to know this tonight. I want everybody to pay attention. I want everybody to hear this. You cannot manage your sins. You cannot manage your sin because your sin aims to destroy you, to kill you. You think your, your little sin is okay, but you're dead wrong. You couldn't be any more wrong. Now, chair three. Chair three is a person that um, this person is not a Christian. This person, if they were to die tonight, they would spend eternity apart from God. Now, this is who chair three is, though. They're familiar with Christian phrases. They, they kind of know a little bit. They, they know some things. They, maybe even, maybe they, they might even go to church from time to time. But the interesting thing is that chair two and chair three people probably even hang out in the same places. They go to the same places. They probably use the same swear words. They probably date similar types of people. Chair two, chair two probably... They, these people probably can feel convicted of their sin, but chair three people don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, here, here's what's really important, because tonight there, there could possibly be chair four people here in the room. With chair four, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But you, you know something's up because the Bible says, the Bible talks about how in every person, a believer or not, that eternity is in their hearts. Every single person. Chair four knows that there's something more to life. There's got to be something more to life. They know deep down inside that there's something else and they're, they're looking for that something else. The Bible says it, it says chair four people. Well, chair four people, they might be here tonight. Or they may, might be at school tomorrow. And, and they're looking and they're searching and they know that there's something more to life. Uh, I, I've heard about this Jesus. And they're kind of questioning and they're kind of wondering. 
But here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. You ready for this? Chair four people, they spend a lot of their time looking at chair three and chair two people. They spend a lot of their time seeing what's going on here. They're watching their lives and they, they know chair two says they're a Christian. They know chair two talks a big game. They know chair two, they talk and they live lives that they do the, the way that they do, but they act like chair three people. See, chair four people, they're not looking and, and evaluating us. But, but here's what I'm afraid of, that they will look at chair two and chair, pre, chair three people that they, they see that they pretty much talk and they pretty much act and they pretty much live the same ways. See, my fear is that chair four people will see chair twos as fake. And they'll see that fake news. And they won't want to have anything to do with Jesus because it's just fake. It's not real. They see these lives, the way they're living, they're like, that's not, that's not much different than me. What's special about that? Why would I want to be a part of that? Everything you say, everything you do, you may go to church on Sunday or Wednesday, but throughout the week, you have no resemblance of a Christian in your life. See, if I'm a chair four person, I'm, I'm considering Jesus. Like, I'm, I'm going to be, if I'm considering Jesus, I'm going to be watching his people. If I'm a chair four person and I don't know Christ and I'm far from him, and, and I might be interested a little bit, I'm going to look at his people who say that they're Christians, who act like it, who, who say that they live like it. How they talk, how they act. And if his people, God's people, are just like everyone else, then what's the point? I pray that this really speaks to your heart right now. See, th- this message tonight is, is about really fighting that fake in your lives, that fake news in your lives. Jess, would you play some music? See, I, I want to talk with you about your relationship with Jesus tonight. And I want to ask you tonight, what chair are you in? What chair are you in tonight? I think every single one of us in this room could relate to one of these four chairs. This is something that only you can answer. This is between you and the Lord. What chair are you in tonight? See, God, God he's made a way, a way for every single one of you to be in chair one. See, I want us to be the kind of people who live our lives in such a way that demands an explanation. Not the kind of people who say we live and, and, and we act one way, but we're really a different way. I want us to be the same people that we are up here in front of everyone, as the same people when we're around our friends, the same people when we're at our schools, the same people when we're at our homes. I want people to see not only like, what I tweet, but my DMs as well. My Snapchats as well. Like, I, I, I want to live life just like Jesus called me to live. I got to be honest, I don't get it right all the, time, all the time either. I'm not perfect. And we can't be perfect. I don't want us to be, to be, to be just acting the part and to be fake, but I want us to be real where you, you own your struggles. You own your sin. But you're willing to get some spiritual help.
some spiritual guidance. See, tonight, wherever you are, it doesn't matter what chair you're in tonight, but you got to know this. Jesus, he's a better forgiver than you are a sinner. He's a better forgiver than you are a sinner tonight. And you need to know that. He's a better savior than you are a runner. And he wants, he wants you all tonight to live a sincere, real, true, authentic life. We want you to be real tonight. We want you to be honest tonight. You don't have to be perfect, but you do need to be honest. See, I want to invite every single one of us tonight to be chair one people. Because our world needs some real, authentic, genuine, Jesus-loving Christians. Would you agree? Our schools need real, genuine, authentic Christians. Our homes need that. Our lives need that. Our workplaces need, need that. So tonight, you got a decision to make. We've got chairs one through four. And maybe you see tonight, you know where you're at, what chair you could be in. I want us to leave this in that room tonight knowing that we're chair one people. I want to live a life that demands an explanation. I want you guys to date guys and to date girls in a way that demands an explanation. I want you to tweet and to Snapchat and to Instagram in a way that demands an explanation. I want, I want to spend my life in a way that demands an explanation. 